At the end of Pasha Shoftim, there's a section that deals with Muhammad dinim of war, and uh, there it says, The Shoftim come and they speak to the people, and they say that anybody that built a house and didn't yet start living in the house, or he planted a vineyard, and he wasn't machal the vineyard yet, or he engaged a woman and he didn't marry her yet, all those people should go and return from the war. The Mishnah Sota deals with this halacha, and it says, Bamedvar Mamurim, that you return from the war, that's only referring to what's referred to as a milchemet reshut, a voluntary war. Al milchemot mitzvah, wars that are we're commanded to wage, everybody goes out, even a chatan who just got married, recently got married, a chatan and, and, and a kala, they leave their chupa and they go to and they go to battle. When do you return from the war, those people, if it were a melchem mitzvah? So the Tanakama says that when you return by Mechem Rishut, by Mechem Mitzvah, the Chatan remains. While according to Rabbi Yehuda, when you return by Mechem Mitzvah, by by Mechem Chovah, the Chatan remains. What exactly is the Machlokas, if there's a Machlokas, between the Tanakama and between Rabbi Yehuda? So the Gemara there in Sota says as follows, in other words, they're both, there is no machlokas. The, the machlokas between them is semantic. What, there, there's a category of, or a type of war where you'll return, and there's a type of war where you won't return. That type of war where you return, the Tanakhama refers to as Mechem Rishut, while Rabbi Yudha refers to that as Mechem Mitzvah. And there's a different type of war where you don't return, and you stay there, afilu chatan, michedro v'kalam yichupata, the Tanakhama refers to that type of war as melchemet mitzvah, while Rabbi Yudu refers to that type of war as melchemet chova, a, uh, a war which, which is obligatory. So, the difference is not regarding what kind of war you go back, but rather regarding the semantics. Now, the semantics, there might be some idea behind the semantics, but nevertheless, that's the, that's the issue. And then the Gemara continues, Amarava, Melchamot Yoshua Lichbosh Divriakol Chova. Everybody agrees that the war of Yoshua, where he had to conquer Eretz Israel, that's Melchamot Chova, and there Chatan and Kala remain. Melchamot Beit David, the wars of David, which were for prosperity, Divriakol Rishut, everybody agrees that those are Melchamot Rishut, Voluntary wars, and therefore, those people return from the war. Kipligi, the machlokis is regarding the mute of the kochavim deleiti alayu, when you go battle against goyim to prevent them a preventive war so that they shouldn't attack you. Mar karile mitzvah, umar karile reshut. According to one opinion, that's referred to as a mechavim mitzvah. Apparently, it's referring to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda calls that a mechavit mitzvah, while Rabbanan called that a mechavit reshut. The way Rashi and the Rabbah and Pirshim Shayot explain this Kabara, regarding those, those wars where you return, which Rabbi Yehuda referred to as a mechavit mitzvah, 
And Rabbanin referred to as Mechem Rishut is talking specifically about that type of war where even though you return, nevertheless, it's a preventive war. It's not a war simply for prosperity, but it's a preventive war to prevent an attack. In such a situation, Rabbi Yudah says, the, the engaged man will return, the person who built the house will return, will return home, but nevertheless, it's a mechem mitzvah, and osek mitzvah patur min mitzvah, regarding other deen. And while, according to Rabbanan, it's called a mechem rishut, and therefore, osek mitzvah, lo patur min mitzvah. But they both agree that in that category, or in that situation, that you return from war. That's how most of shown explain, explain the Gemara. Um, the Rambam passes this Gemara in Hilchas Mulachim, or rather Hilchas Mulachim Umilchamotehem. It's the laws of kings and their wars. In Perik Vavalachadalid, Bamedvam Amurim Shemachzirim Anashim Elu Meyochea Mulchama, in what situations do people return from the battlefield? In a voluntary war, However, regarding a a war which is a mitzvah, everybody goes out, even a chatan and a kala. What is a mechem mitzvah and what is a mechem rishut? The Rambam explained, had explained previously in Perakei Alecha Aleph, Ve'ezohi mechemet mitzvah, zo mechemet shivat amemim, u mechemet amaleik, ve'ezrat Yisrael miyad tsar shabalehem. V'achar kach nocham mechem rishut, v'hi amachama, so, regarding the category of Mechem Mitzvah, which according to the Rambam is the category where Chatan and Kala have to remain, that's Mechemet Shivat Abamim, which is analogous according to Mechemet Kibush, according to Ramban, it's any time you have a, it's part of the Mitzvah of Kibush Eretz Yisrael, the Rambam might limit it to the war of Yoshua and Shivat Amamim. That's a separate issue. Melchemet Amalek, the war against Amalek. And then the Rambam adds a third category, Ezrat Yisrael Miyadzar, Shabalehim. When you, when you wage a defensive war. That's also in the category of Melchemet Mitzvah, and the Chatan and Kalat remain. Melchemet Rashut, is a machama for prosperity or to make one's name greater. Again, what legitimizes the machem rishut is another issue which we're not going to discuss now. Rabbi Mittal has a very, very important article about that, but that's not the, the issue right now. So the Rambam adds the third category of a defensive war, Ezra Yisam Yatsar Shabbat Aleyhem. And the question is, where did the Rambam get this category from? What's his source? And why is it defined as a machem mitzvah? Uh, regarding the Muhammad of Shivat Amamim, so we were commanded to conquer the Shivat Amamim. Uh, according to the Ramban, that's referring to a war to conquer Eretz Israel. According to the Ramban, there's a mitzvah of Yerusha v'Yeshiva v'Yerushalmi There's a mitzvah of conquering and creating sovereignty over the land of Israel. So conquering the land of Israel is a Muhammad mitzvah. Muhammad uh, Amalek is a Muhammad mitzvah. There's a, there's a mitzvah to do war against Amalek. Um, but what exactly is the mitzvah that we're referring to in the context of Ezra Yisham Yatsar, a defensive war? Uh, some claim perhaps we're talking about the mitzvah of, or the isra of Lotam or Al Damri Echa. If you see a friend who's in danger, then you're obligated to save him. 
But lechaora, that obligation only only refers to situations where you don't endanger yourself. According to most people, you don't have to endanger yourself in order to save somebody else. And any time you go to war, there's a certain amount of danger. So, uh, a defensive war in which people endanger their lives, lechaora would not be included under the category of those samar al unless we distinguish between um, a danger to individuals where an individual doesn't have to uh, put himself in a threatening situation, as opposed to a danger to the entire nation, and there could be that there is an obligation, but we're going to leave that point uh, aside for now. Uh, it's interesting that the Sefer Achinuch, Mitzvah Tavkuf Chavzayin, when he refers to Mechem Mitzvah, says as follows, Mitzvah U Mechem Mitzvah Kigon Shivat Amamim Va'amalek, and the Chinuch, who was very, very aware of the Rambam, and a lot of his formulations are built upon the Rambam, leaves out the category of Israel Yisrael Miyadzar. So again, the question of where did the Rambam get it from, what his sources, and what mitzvah is he referring to, if there is such a mitzvah, uh, is something that we're going to try to deal with. The Ushalmi in Sota, um, is a little bit different than the Bavli. It begins in the same way, uh, in Perches HaLachavav, Amar Rabbi Yochanan Mashma'ut B'nei'em. Rabbi Yochanan, both in the Bavli and the Shalmi, says it's simply a semantic issue. Mashma'ut, like Mashma'ut Darshim. So it's simply a question of what terms we used. There's no inherent machlokas. The question is what terms we're using. Uh, are we using the term of Rishut versus Mitzvah or uh, Mitzvah versus Chova? Rabbi Yudah Yakorel Mechemet Rishut Mechemet Mitzvah. He, the way Rabbi Yudah referred to a, a voluntary war was as a Mechemet Mitzvah. While Avol Mechemet Chova Hakol Yotzei Afilu Chata Mechedro VeKalam Yichupata. Am Rav Chista, Rav Chista said Machloket Beneim. There's a Machlokas between the Tanakama and between Rabbi Yudah. It's not just a semantic question, but there's an actual Machlokas. Rabbanin Amrin Mechemet Mitzvah Zo Mechemet David. According to Chachamim, the Tanakhama, Mechemet Mitzvah, Mechemet Mitzvah here, apparently referring to Mechemet Rishut, the category of Rabbi Yehuda, where, you, where the Chatan does not go to war, that's Mechemet David, which is for prosperity. Mechemet Chova, where the Chatan does go to war, Zo Mechemet Yoshua. That's Mechemet Yoshua, Shivat Alamim, conquering Eretz Israel. So that's according to Chachamim. Mechemet Rishut is Mechemet David, Mechemet Chova, or where, where the Chatan goes out, is Mechemet Yoshua. Rabbi Yehuda, according to Mechemet Mitzvah, Kigon, Anan Da'azlinan Aleon. What's the category where the Chatan doesn't go to war? When we attack the, with the non-Jews, when we attack the enemies. Mechemet Chova, Kigon Da'atyan Inun Aleinon. A mechemet chova is when they attack us. So the Yushalmi here uh, has that situation where we're being attacked by our enemies and we have to defend ourselves and that's referred to as a mechemet chova where the chatan and kala are not, have no p'tur. So some claim that the source for the, for the Rambam is the Yushalmi. Uh, some go even further and say that perhaps even we, we have a source for the Rambam even in the Bavli, because the Bavli g- gave one of the examples of Mechemet Rishut 
to as a preventive war, where we attack them so that they shouldn't attack us. Again, the Lashon of the Bavli is the low light to allow you to prevent them from coming to us. But if they already came, right, the Lashon of the Rambam is, as right, some Yatsar Shabalim, if they already came and it's not a preventive war, but rather it's a defensive war because they already came, it's even Muduyak in the Bavli that such a situation would not be defined as the Mechem Meshut, but rather as Mechem Mitzvah, where there's no p'tur for a Chatan and a Kala. So that certainly is one possibility in understanding the Rambam, that he learned from the Yushalmi and from a Diuk in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bavli, that's analogous to the Yushalmi, that, the, uh, that when we're talking about a defensive war, when we're under attack, as right, some Shabalim, if they already came, and we have to defend ourselves in such a situation, it's a Melchemet uh, Mitzvah, and the Chatan has to go to war, as opposed to a preemptive strike, where we go and attack them so that they shouldn't attack us later. Such a situation is defined as a Melchemet Rishut, and there's a tour of a Chatan and a Kala. However, I think that if we uh, read the Mishnah more carefully, we might have a different way of understanding the Yerushalmi. Let's go back to the Mishnah in Sota. Or, or before we, 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 you know, before that, let me point out that according to this, the Rambam is pascaling like Rabbi Yehuda. In other words, according to the Yerushalmi, uh, the case of Mechemet Mitzvah is Amalek and, uh, and, and Mechemet Shivat Amimim, Mechemet of Yoshua. That's the case of Mechemet Mitzvah according to Chachamim. Well, according to Yehuda, another case is, uh, is a defensive war. So we would be forced to say that the Rambam is pascaling like Rabbi Yehuda and not like Chachamim, which is not impossible, but nevertheless we would be forced into that position if we accept this interpretation. But if we go back to the original Mishnah, let's read it again. the Tanakhama says, Rishut. A simple reading of the Mishnah seems to indicate that Rabbi Yehuda is raising the bar. In other words, the Chatan has to go to war, according to Chacham, even if the bar is lower, even if it's only Mechemet Mitzvah. Rashut, you don't have to go. Mechemet Mitzvah, you do have to go. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, Mitzvah, you don't have to go. A Chovah, which is on a higher level, not just a mitzvah, but a chovah. Not just that there's a, there's a commandment, but there's an obligation, which is a high level. Only there does a chatan and kala have to go to war. So, it sounds from the Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda is raising the bar, and he limits the chiyuv of a chatan to a higher level of mechemet chovah, as opposed to the lower level of chachamim, of mechemet mitzvah. So the question is, what exactly is this higher level? According to the Shalmi, the higher level is a defensive war, as opposed to a Mechem Mitzvah, which is actually a commandment. So let's take a look at a... Um, or before that, the... Yeah, there's a Gemara in Chulin, in Daf Kufhei, that talks about Nikhil Sedaim. 
It talks about Mayim Rishonim and Mayim Achronim. And over there, the Gemara says as follows: Amar of Idi Bar Abin, Amar of Yitzchak Bar Ashin, Mayim Rishonim Mitzvah, Vachronim Chova. Mayim Rishonim is a mitzvah. Mayim Achronim is not just a commandment, a mitzvah, but it's an obligation. It's a chova. And then the Gemara continues on Amud Beis. Amr of Yehuda Berei the Rabbi Chia b'pnei ma Amru Ma'im Achronim Chova Shemelch Stomit Yeshem and Sameta Einaim. Why is Ma'im Achronim a Chova an obligation and not merely a mitzvah, but on a higher level of obligation a Chova? Because uh, you wash your hands in, because there's such a thing called Melech Stomit, which if you eat and it gets on your hands and then you touch your eyes, it could blind you. And therefore, Ma'im Achronim is a Chova. So apparently, the distinction between, at least according to Gwarnachulin, between mitzvah and chova, mitzvah is something that you're commanded to do. A chova is something that you're obligated to do in order that you should protect yourself, in order that you should, you know, to, to protect your existence. Chamir sakantami isura. That you have to, you know, a chova is to take care of yourself. That's, that's a basic, uh, a basic human responsibility. However, a mitzvah, a mitzvah is something which is something you're commanded. A mitzvah, is, uh, the, the, you were commanded, and therefore you have to do it. But a chova is referring to something that's that's very, very basic to one's existence. If we take those categories and apply them to to our situation, let's take a look at a uh, you know what what exactly is ezes yisrael miyatzar. Ezra Sisyon Miyatzar is not based on a mitzvah, it's not based on all Samar al-Damri Echa. It's based on a different concept. The Medrash says in Ramid Baraba and Parshas Pinchas, on the Pasuk of Tzorar is Hamidyanim, V'yikitim Otam, Ki Tzorim Hem Lachem, the Medrash said, Tzorar Tamidyanim, Lama? Why are you going to attack now the Midyanim? Ki Tzorarim Hem Lachem, because they are a danger to you. Mikan Amru, if somebody comes to attack you, so you can get up earlier and attack him to save yourself. So, notice that the terminology of the Rambam is It's the same root. In other words, if you're under in danger of attack, so you can attack that nation, and again, the the, the pasuk, the medrash notes that it doesn't say because in the past, because of what they did now beforehand with Kazbi and with the with the Benos Midyan, because they did something in the past. No, he says attack them because they remain a danger. They they might do this in the future as well. They remain a danger, and therefore you have to attack them. Not because of what they did in the past, and the danger has subsided, but because they remain a danger. And therefore, it's legitimate. Tabalag chash kem lahargo is a legitimate policy. It's interesting that the Gemara learns out Tabalag chash kem lahargo from a different, a different source. The Gemara in Sanhedrin learns from the case of Bab Machteret. Bab Machteret is when um, somebody comes and and uh, and tries to rob you at night, um, and uh, in the dark of night you're in, in your home, and uh, in the dark of night he comes to rob your house. So you're so you're allowed to kill him. He has a din of a rodef. He's threatening you. 
I, he didn't come to threaten you. He came to steal your 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 property. So the Gemara says as follows: my time the What's the reason that you're allowed to kill somebody who comes and robs you at night? Because the way that people behave, normative behavior, is somebody will not sit by idly when his property is stolen from him. The high neighbor Amar, and therefore the person that comes to rob says to himself, If the owner of the property comes and he tries to protect him, protect his property, and doesn't allow me to get away, then I'll be forced to kill him. And with somebody who comes to rob somebody's house at night, and he's aware that the owner of the house may wake up, and that normative behavior is that he will try to stop the thief. So the thief takes into account that he might be forced to kill the owner of the house. And since he takes that into account, and that's one of the things that are implicit in his in his actions, so the din is the Baalabites can, can, can come and can murder him even before the thief attempts to, to do anything to the Baalabites. The fact that he came in the dark of night in somebody house, somebody's house to steal his property, that itself shows that he's willing to kill the owner of the house. So that's the din of Baalachteris. And the question is, what exactly is, is this din of Baalachashkim Lahargo? And, uh, and why do we need two different sources? So first of all, the idea of Baalachashkim Lahargo is different than the din of Rodef. Rodef, if there's, you know, A is chasing B, I can kill A. That's the din of Rodef. If somebody is threatening somebody else, then I am able to kill the person who's threatening him in order to save the near death. That's the dinner of Rodev. Habalachashkemlahargo is when somebody is threatening me that I can defend myself. Now there are a number of different differences between killing a third party and defending myself. I'm not going to go into them now. There's a I think a Michel Melch that discusses it. Um, for instance, whether there's a um, normally when you kill a Rodev if you can only injure him and stop him from being rodef, that's enough. Then you're not allowed to do any more. However, when Abal Chash Kem Hargo, you know, even what's called, you know, you can only wound him, you know, the, the person who's defending himself doesn't have to take any of that into account. Or uh, is there a din of Hasra? Do I have to warn the rodef and say, listen, you should know that, that I can, I, I'll, I'll kill you if you continue running after him. The, in the case of Baal Chashkim Lahargo, I don't have to give any Yasra, I'm in danger, I, I can defend myself, and I don't have to give him any Yasra. The basic idea is that the din of Rodev is basically the person who's Rodev is a potential Rotseach, and therefore I can give him, I can Mechaif Misa on the spot. I'm not threatened, but I can act as a Shliach based in, and therefore I can punish the Rodev uh, on the spot, in order to prevent the crime from occurring. So instead of waiting for him to kill somebody and bringing Adim and then punishing him based in, and then uh, the result would be that the, the a person was killed, you can kill the road day before he does the crime, in order to prevent the crime, but you're acting 
You're a third party. You're not the person who's been endangered himself. You're acting as a shliach of Beistin. And therefore you need Asra. On the other hand, to defend yourself, you don't have to act as Beistin. You have a right to live. And if somebody's threatening your life, you have a right to defend yourself. And therefore the din of Habagbo might be much broader than the din of killing a Rodev. And it's based on one's right to life. One has a right to live. The, that's the Gemara by Bakhteris. What the, what the uh, Medrash says is that this idea applies not only on the individual plane, but to nations as well. A nation has a right to live. If a nation is under attack, a nation has the right to defend itself. Because if not, the nation can't survive. If the nation would, would allow other nations to attack them and they wouldn't defend themselves, they couldn't survive. The right of a nation, to defend yourself, when, to prevent attack or when under attack, that's a basic right of life of nations. Not only does an individual have a right to live, but a nation has a right to live. And in order to protect the integrity of the life of the nation, the nation has to have the right to defend itself. So we're talking about, you know, when you talk about Ezra Yisrael, you're not talking about a mitzvah. You're talking about a chova. You're talking about something very, very basic that enables one, one to exist. Just like we distinguish between Mayim Bishonim, which is a mitzvah, and you make a bracha, that's a mitzvah. However, Mayim Achorim is a chova because you have to wash your hands, but we have to eat the meal, meal so that, as not to endanger your, your eyes. So when you're talking about a mitzvah, okay, so you make a bracha. But a chova is something basic to one's existence. And the same thing is true regarding mechemes mitzvah as opposed to mechemes chova. What I want to claim is, yes, Rabbi Huda makes puts the bar, bar higher. He says, no, not a mechemes mitzvah. Mechemes Yoshua, mechemes Amalek. In those situations, the chassan goes home. He doesn't have to go to the war. But when we're being attacked, and it's a mechemes chova, that we have to fight, it's a war, we have no choice. We have to fight in order to protect ourselves. In a case of a war of self-defense, that's not a mechemes mitzvah, that's a mechemes chova. It's not rooted in a mitzvah, it's rooted in the basic integrity of a nation that they're allowed to defend themselves in order, in order to exist. What I would like to suggest is that the Rambam is passing like Chachamim. That a mechemes mitzvah, that's rooted in mitzvah, also in such a situation, a chasen has to take part. In a mechemes ammalik, mechemes shivasamim, and of course in a mechemes as asisyom yadzar. According to Rabbi Yehuda, only in, in a defense of war does the chasen have to, have to participate, according to Rav Chista. Whether that works out in the, in the Bavli, yes or no, is a different issue. One can read Rav a little bit differently than we read it till now, but I don't want to go back to the Bavli. But the Rishalmi, I think according to the Rishalmi, this shot is clear. That according to Rav Chis, who says it's a machlokas, it's Rabbi Yehuda who puts the bar higher. And he says, according to Chachamim, a mechemes mitzvah is a mechemes which Chassan has to participate. And of course the defensive war, which is a mechemes chova. While Rabbi Yehuda ups the bar and says no. A mechemes mitzvah, a mechemes Yoshua, a mechemes Amalek, over there the Chassan goes home. Where does the Chassan have to partake? 
in the war, in the battle, by Mechemes Chova in a defense of war, which is based on the right of the nation to exist. This uh, takes us to you know another issue, you know the the whole question of war. Halachal um, is something that Amishel didn't have to deal with for two thousand years, as long as we were in Galus. And when at the point of the establishment of the state of Israel, or even beforehand, the question of war uh, was an issue that we had to begin passing again. And to what extent is it legitimate halachically? for a king or a nation or a state to endanger their population and declare war on another nation. When is it possible? When is it not possible? al din al And there are a lot of modern-day poskim, especially at the time of the creation of the State of Israel, of Herzog, of Gore, and others that dealt, that dealt with this issue. And one of the things that bothered them was the Rambam writes in Sakdama to the, in the, to the Sefer Mitzvos to the Minyan Amitzvot, rather. V'yadua gamkein shanavua v'amalucha k'fanestalku. Nowadays we have no, we have no king, we have no navi. V'yadua shamlachamos l'kibush haratzos, war and conquering lands. Lo ye'el b'melech, it's only when we have a king. U'vatzat sanhedri gedola, and we have a sanhedrin. V'koen gadol, and we have a koen gadol. So nowadays we don't have those things. If we don't have those things, how can we, how can the state uh, enlist the citizens and ask them to go to battle and endanger their lives? So one solution uh, mentioned by Rav Cook in Mishpat Kohen Sun Memdalid is that we don't need a king as a personality. The right of a king comes from the people. And when there is no king, the right goes back to the people. And the people, through democratic elections, can give over that right to an elected, an elected polity. So that's one, one solution. And uh, the Rav Cook has, you know, there, there are, there's Ramban that seems to say something similar, and a Mi'iri that says something similar. So basically, you don't need um, a king. Appointed by by a navi, but it's but because the the whole power of the king comes from the people. So if the people have that power, so the people, or if there's some organ that works for the people, can also declare war. What you do about Sanhedrin is another issue. But Ramoshes distinguish makes a different distinction. Ramoshin Egos Moshe Ches distinguishes between Mechemes Mitzvah and a defensive war. Shani Sover, Shinyan Mulchama, Kemen Shnogel, Pikuach Nefesh, Tsar Tsivu Miyuchad. Whenever you have a war, so you're endangering the lives of Pikuach Nefesh. So therefore you need a Tsivu Miyuchad, Urim Vitumim Sanhedrin. You can't just declare war and, and endanger your population. At Mulchem Mitzvah, even in the case of Amalek, Mulchem Samalek, Umuchak Zemihad, Dabu Shlomo, Chomalach Matzadikim, Loyatsulachim Amalek. We don't have that that Melech had a war against Amalek, or that uh, or, or Shlomo had a war against Amalek. David, when he, I mean, I'm sorry, Shaul, when he's commanded with a war against Amalek. It's, it's obvious. 
רק שנפלה עקמה ישראל, כהד אנטיוכוס מלך יוון וכדומה, דהו להצלה אסמוך הבא. However, a defensive war, for that you don't need a, you, you don't need a ציווי. When you're, when you're attacked, you have to defend. You don't need a room of tumim, you don't need a ציווי, you don't need a נבואה. Then you, then, then you simply, you, you're forced to defend yourself. And uh, that's what Rav Goren writes in Meshav Davar. He takes a little bit different approach, but that, he, this is the following statement. If we're under attack, you don't need any authority to defend yourself, to protect yourself. And for that, you need no proof or indication that that applies today. The Torah says, if you're under attack, defend yourself. So in other words, the, what I want to say is that the, 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 the idea of Mechemim, as right, Yisrael B'yad Tzar, is in the category of Mechemim Mitzvah, we paskin like Rabbanan. And according to Rabbanan, Mechemim Mitzvah, Amalek, Shavas Amim, the Chatan has to, has to partake. And certainly, a Mechemim Chovah, a defensive war, which is at a higher level, which is based not on mitzvah, but it's based on chova, it's based on the right to exist.